Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 196. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. So for the past couple years now, um, last two Christmases, I have done a like a daily reading through Luke, one chapter each episode, and coincides with uh, 25 days uh, leading up to Christmas. And that's been fun, but uh, I think this year... I want to do something just a little different, and rather than just um, you know it's scripture reading, I would like to um, take a passage, uh, deal with a portion of that chapter, uh, sometimes small, maybe other times larger. But I want to take that scripture and just kind of digest it, just a little kind of a brief episode, uh, maybe a devotional type of idea. So. That's what uh, we'll be doing for the month of December. Um, maybe we could call it something fun, like uh, Lessons in Luke. So we'll still do um, a chapter each uh, episode uh, through the book of Luke as it coincides with the 25 days until Christmas. And so um, today we will just be starting into the first uh, episode of that series. And... Um, I was thinking about how I would, um, what I would discuss in this uh, first lesson or first devotional. And that was, as I was making my way through Luke, I was just really struck by how much is in the first chapter of Luke. It was actually a a great challenge for me to, um, to decide what what I would pull out of it, um, so much could be said and discovered. Uh, you could spend uh, episodes alone on unique passages in just the first chapter of Luke. Um, but alas, uh, we we do want to pull one particular um, thought out of it and digest it a little and hopefully turn it into some kind of practical, um, applicational, uh, like devotional life um, application. So that being said, I ultimately landed on a a portion that I've actually found myself a little uh, in the past and recently even kind of grappling over. And you may be familiar with it, but um, in Luke chapter 1, uh, Zechariah, who is the husband of uh, Elizabeth, they were childless and uh, they were well up in age, so they were older. Um, Zechariah is approached by an angel, and we find out it's Gabriel. And the angel tells him of a child that they will have. And describes this child and tells him that you will uh, name him John, and he will be a joy and delight. Uh, Many will rejoice because of his birth. And he gives some parameters for this son. He is to never take wine or fermented drink. um, And 
this is one portion that I want to really um, just briefly pass by, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Now that would be, that's profound to think about and there's many implications from it, but I will resist the the um, temptation to uh, stay in that um, because what I really want to, what I wanted to talk about, and again, just kind of briefly, is um, Zechariah asks the angel, this is in verse 18 of Luke chapter 1, Zechariah asks the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. That was a very polite way to say that she was an old woman. Uh, good for Zechariah for uh, being careful with his words. And in verse 19, it says, The angel said to him, back to Zechariah, I am Gabriel. So there we learn the identity of this angel. You find many times that Gabriel is indeed a messenger. Often we see him delivering messages throughout Scripture um, as opposed to uh, an angel, say Michael, who we, we know of as kind of a we identify as a warring angel um, over the uh, people of Israel. And he says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Okay, so, pay close attention to what Zechariah says. He says, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. So, Gabriel rebukes him in verse 20, uh, says, why? Because you did not believe my words. Now, if we fast forward just a little portion here, we find that the birth of Jesus is foretold. We find out that uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an, the angel, Gabriel, here he is again, to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin who is pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who, this is important, was a descendant of David. So we know that this virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her. And said to her, this is in verse 28, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Notice that, his words. So Gabriel is, um, it, was a, it was a man, masculine, a he. Gabe, uh, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. That's kind of an, an odd thing to say. Wondered what kind of greeting this would be. Um, verse 30, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Notice, the, the angels tell what the names of these are these sons are to be. You are to call him John, and then you are to call him Jesus. How much is there is some significance in names? So it's easy to skim past that, and sometimes it's easy to think, you know, we'll just call this, you know, our child this. 
Um, but there's some weight and importance to to names. We see the necessity of that. They didn't get to pick what they would name their children. They were told, and that's important um, and something to kind of chew on. But um, you you will give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Verse 32, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Could you imagine hearing these words referring to a son that you have? Talk about pressure and um, intensity. Verse 33, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now pay close attention to verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Okay, now the thing that kind of ruffles, I guess, my feathers when I I think about Zechariah, and he says, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and paraphrasing here, and my wife is really old too. Now Mary asks the question, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? You know, at first glance, these seem to be very similar. And I've always kind of gotten irritated that Zechariah was punished and made to be mute, so not not able to speak. He was punished with muteness, and Mary uh, did not get that any, any rebuke at all, actually. And so what what does the angel do for Mary? He actually explains how this will be. Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then the angel goes on to say some more about Elizabeth and then closing out, for no word from God will ever fail. Boy, that's comforting and reassuring and important to remember in our everyday life. And then notice closing out, I am the Lord's servant. Verse 38, Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So at close, um, well rather, at, at your initial assessment, at least of mine, with the two responses, they seem very similar. And, you know, Zechariah saying, how can I be sure of this? I am old. And my wife is too. And then Mary saying, how will this be since I am a virgin? Now, I asked the Lord about this and how, why is this so? And very quickly, I was able to notice something. And notice this. In Zechariah's response, he says, how can I be sure of this? That word suggests doubt. So how can I be sure? Another way you could say it is, how can I be positive? That would tell us that there is some underlying doubt in Zechariah. And we can actually confirm that from verse 20, which the angel Gabriel says because you did not believe my words. So Zechariah didn't believe him. How do we know that? Because Zechariah was saying, how can I be sure that this will come to pass? Now, the situation warranted 
um, it warranted a miraculous um, action. How's that? Because they were both well past childbearing age. Um, so this would be a very miraculous thing. But notice how what Mary's response is. This is how this is how it's, it differs, and it's very subtle and easy to miss. And I've missed it for years. She says, "How will this be?" Now Mary asks, "How?" She she's not rebuked for how will it come to pass. She's she's asking. She's taking the word and saying, let me paraphrase and um, put a little of my touches to it. She's saying, okay, how is that going to happen? It's very subtle, but it is different. And she's not rebuked for unbelief. In fact, she is given the grace of explanation and as mystical as it as it is the angel answers the holy spirit will come on you and the power of the most high god will overshadow you so the holy one to be born will be called the son of god so while these responses seem similar on the surface i think and i'm confident that it, a closer inspection through the help of the Holy Spirit's guidance, I can see now a difference between the two. Surety suggests doubt, but Mary asks how. She's not rebuked, but he was. So, so how can we apply this in our own lives? God may speak over your life and into a particular situation. But don't doubt. Don't don't doubt the word that God says over your life because we're reminded in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. So don't doubt. How? Asking God how? That's okay. But just believe. So this will end our first episode of our lessons from Luke, and I pray that uh, this speaks to you in your situation, in your life, that God will use it and multiply it for His glory, and I appreciate you staying with me and walking with me through these podcast episodes, and I pray that they're helping you and encouraging you and blessing you. Uh, please share them with others, and until next time, God bless. I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you, and in your house I hold.